Would you Jets fans just shut up? It's just preseason. Chill. Good morning, Panthers fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Panthers Podcast. I am your host, Wes Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me on this beautiful Wednesday morning. It's hump day. Hello to all the camels out there. Welcome back to another episode. You can follow me on Twitter at Daily Panthers for all the Panthers news, sports analysis, tips, tricks, bios, players, etc. Up to this point, we still have no cuts that have been made. We did work out a returner, though. I cannot pronounce his name for the life of me, so do not wait to hear his name. Go look it up. But we worked out a returner. We didn't add him to the team or anything like that, but obviously we are not 100% confident in our return game, which I do not blame them. I have not heard anyone rag our return game as much as me, so I apologize if I am repeating myself, but it is concerning. At this point... We've tried Raheem Blackshear, who I let a ball bounce at the 20 all the way to the 1. He doomed our drive for that one, and we couldn't even really see Bryce. I guess we got to see him with his back up against the goal line, but sure, let's hope that's not often this season. And then we have someone like um, Shai Smith. I want to say Steve Smith, far from it. Oof. But we have someone like Shai Smith, who every time he dropped back to return a punt, it was an adventure. He fumbled punts. He let them bounce just like Raheem Blackshear did. He muffed punts, which is different than a fumble. Every single one was an adventure, to put it nicely. So I'm not surprised. We are seeing our options here at the return game. And I think at this point, Shai Smith knows that he's potentially on the chopping block. I think Raheem Blackshear is probably safe, but not as a returner. In theory, Raheem Blackshear should be a good returner, but I just I just don't see it. And I, I still don't know why we haven't tried out LaVisca Chanel. I think he could be a good returner. It's pretty simple, and there's really nothing for him to know or process or anything like that. It's just catch punt, run punt. That's it. And Frank Reich talked about the importance of keeping things simple for the players so they don't have to spend time thinking. They don't have to spend time processing. They can just see ball, get ball. They see it, and they go. That's it, period. And someone I saw someone make the argument of that's why the defense looks better than the offense because in practice, as a defense, it's pretty much as simple as do your assignment and then go get the ball. But I would argue that on offense, it's literally the same thing. It's do your assignment and get the ball. So either way, I'm not making excuses for our offense or our defense for that matter. And the Panthers also made a not-so-glamorous appearance on Hard Knocks. And this is why I'm telling Jets fans to shut up. Oh my god, y'all are so annoying. I don't know if it's just the Northeastern attitude, or just the New York media, or just the team being on Hard Knocks. I've never had a team, I don't think, be on Hard Knocks that I was like, Oh, that's my team. The Panthers have always been my team, but I also like to watch the Chargers. And either way, I have never really seen my team be featured on Hard Knocks that much. And so this is a bit of a turning point for me, and I'm sure other Panthers fans as well. And I just got to say, shut up, Jets fans. Just shut up and stop moving down here, second of all. First of all, shut up. 
Second of all, stop moving down here. And third of all, if you're going to move down here, give up the Jets. You had all these other teams to choose from that were better than the Jets in the Northeast. You had the Patriots with like six Super Bowls, I think. Maybe seven. Or Tom Brady has seven, I think. So the Patriots have six, right? And then you have the Giants with a couple of Super Bowls and some appearances. And then you've got the Jets, who are trash. And then you got the Bills, who have been bad for a long time, but now they're the best team in that division. So much to <laughs> much to appreciate about the other teams around there. The Jets are trash. Y'all have been preseason Super Bowl champs for the past like 20 years. So pardon me if I am not at all worried about the Jets this year. I don't care if you got Aaron Rodgers. You know what? I have praised you for like a week. So I'm going to do the other side of y'all have been one of the most underachieving franchises in the history of the NFL. You have not gotten a Super Bowl win since three. Not 2003. Not 1993. Not even 83. But Super Bowl three. In the 60s. Football wasn't even football at that point. I think they were still wearing leather helmets. Was the forward pass even legal? So don't give me this business about, oh, we have a, we're a Super Bowl champion. Are you really, though? How long ago was, well, I think it was 1969, 79, 89, 99, 09, 19. Oh, we just passed your 50-year anniversary. Congrats. That's awesome. And it's not like you've been that good since then, either. You've had some good teams. Made a couple of AFC championship appearances. Bravo. But... You've also been around since the 60s, so I would hope that you would have at least one Super Bowl. And this is coming from a fan of a team who hasn't been around since the 90s. So you got a 30-year head start on us. Congratulations. You had a 30-year head start, and now we're in the same spot. I really am admire Jets fans for being able to be Jets fans because y'all are one of the worst drafting teams up until recently. I will give you that. You have drafted very well recently. But before that, you were one of the worst drafting teams. You've had one of the worst quarterback histories in the NFL. And guess what? Once Aaron Rodgers retires, you're going to be right back where you were with Zach Wilson. What's your plan after Aaron Rodgers, hmm? What's next? He's, what, 38, 39 years old? He's already injured? He's at the age now where he has a good calf? Welcome to your 40s, Aaron. You're at that age now where... Something just hurts, and the doctor says, uh, oh, it hurts when you bend it? Just don't bend it anymore. We don't have fixes. But when you're young, they can build cartilage out of a pig and put it in your leg, and you'll be fixed good as new. And recovery time takes four months. So, welcome to being elderly, Aaron. Also, when Aaron retires in less than two years, what are you going to do? Hmm? Who's going to be your quarterback then? And you're going to have a bunch of young talent, maybe. And then you're not going to have a quarterback to get it to him. Your offensive line is complete trash. We didn't even really play our starters. Brian Burns didn't play. He would have mauled Aaron Rodgers the same way that Bryce Young got mauled. Your offensive line is a concern. They're bad. You got all these Super Bowl expectations. That offensive line is going to expose you. We saw what happened to Patrick Mahomes against the Bucks. 
You might get to the Super Bowl. You ain't going to win it with that line. And I'm sorry, the line doesn't get much better unless you're missing guys that I don't know about. In that case, potentially. Like us, we're missing Austin Corbett. We are missing a fifth of our line. He was a good lineman last year. He will make a drastic improvement once he comes back. Does Do the Jets have someone like that where if they come back, they'll make a drastic improvement? Are they missing someone on their offensive line? Or is this all they have and no reinforcements are incoming? Because if that's the case, whew, y'all going to have a hard time. You got a elderly quarterback who's ancient standing behind a wet toilet paper single-ply offensive line. Got your fingers crossed. That's your goal. That's your big like secret. We're just going to cross our fingers and hope for the best. Been there before. It doesn't work out. And someone like Bryce Young or a young quarterback can live to take six, seven, eight sacks a game like Joe Burrow or Russell Wilson. But Aaron Rodgers is old. He's going to crumble. He's going to turn into dust. I think Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have given us this false sense of anti-aging voodoo. That's not going to be the case here. Aaron Rodgers is going to show his age. He started showing it last year. Oh, he played through an injury. Yeah, he got injured because he's old. He was old last year. He's even older this year. And he's already got nagging injuries. Isn't Doesn't he have a good calf and a bad calf? Welcome to 40, Aaron. So, take that for what you will. Also, y'all want to say, Oh, the Panthers haven't won any Super Bowls yet. Y'all also got a 30-year head start. 30 years. Come back to us in 30 years, and we'll see if the Panthers have a Super Bowl. God, I hope we do. But even then, 30 years ago would not be the same as 30 years from now. The league was less competitive then. There were less teams to compete against. The major markets had a major advantage over the smaller market teams. Now everything's evening up. Just look at baseball. Yes, you have guys who... Go to teams for contracts, but everyone is spending that money now. It's not just the Yankees with their gigantic payroll. When's the last time the Yankees won a World Series? What, 2009, I think? Against the Phillies? Haven't won one since. All the other major markets came to play and some of the minor markets. Back then, major markets had a major advantage. Now, it's evened up. And you have not responded well, Jets fans. You draft like crap. You choke every chance you get. Don't come for the Panthers. We didn't we didn't start this. And may I address the practice as well? First of all, saying, oh, we practiced and they didn't. We worked so much harder than them. There's one field available. Now I will give you one thing. I do think the planning is poor to have practice at Wofford in general, because we are susceptible to pretty much any thunderstorm over the summer. But when you have a joint practice, and you haven't cut any players, that is 180 players. That's just players, 180 of them in one spot, okay? So the only spot that was available was Gibbs Stadium. That's one field, 100 yards, stuck between bleachers. Obviously, it's where they play. Where, where are people supposed to go? And on top of 180, that's just players. You have probably... 30 to 40 staff per team. So, what, we're at like 250, 300, probably 350 to 400 personnel, period, not including media. Who they could sit in the bleachers, I'm sure. But we're talking 300, 350 
personnel on the field having to move. And it's, you might say, oh, well, in a college game, college teams have like 80 players. Yeah, but only 22 of them are on the field and the rest are standing on the sidelines. In a practice, they need to be getting work in. If you're at the joint practice that was before the one that got rained out, you would have seen that both fields were pretty much entirely full. Now, where are you going to do positional drills? Huh? Where are you going to warm up at? They're not playing in a game. They're practicing. And they need to be able to see everyone that is practicing in all of their reps. So, where are you going to go? We were running out of room on having three practice fields. There's three that they can practice on. And we're going to move it to one when we haven't even made cuts yet. That just makes no sense. And then secondly, they're filming hard knocks. They got to get film in. They have to have film to be able to produce a show. It's a weekly show. Basically produced in live time. Those people are actually incredible. If you don't understand what it takes to do that, then stop talking. But it is a real deal to be able to have a one-week turnaround on full editing, production, and video after filming hours of content they film everything they're probably editing in real time i would assume that they are getting shots they are taking them out they're giving them to the editor producer and that person is editing them on a rolling basis i would not be surprised at all that's crazy to me that they're able to produce this show weekly live so kudos to you hard knocks team but that being said they have to get footage so the Wofford is going to, or not Wofford, sorry, the Jets are going to practice either way. And then you have the fact that the Jets are the ones who traveled. We are the hosts. We have facilities, we have meeting rooms, we have places that we can be. The Jets do not. We are hosting them. Welcome to the South, where we are good hosts. And we let you use our home as it is yours, as long as you respect it. And you're walking a fine line here, Jets fans. So bless your heart and chill out. Because... We're hosts. We're going to let the Jets practice. And also, we understand the gravity of hard knocks and the requirements and the fulfillment that the team has to do. And the NFL is expecting. It's the NFL. It is owned by 32 guys and the commissioner. They have to do what they want. And hard knocks pretty much twisted the Jets' arms, outside of Aaron Rodgers, to be able to film. So... They wanted to practice. They needed to practice outside regardless. And I'm sure the Panthers did other stuff inside. They didn't just completely skip practice. But they also didn't have a day of travel like the Jets team. So all of that to say the Panthers and the Jets at this point have probably practiced the same amount. Because the Panthers haven't had to travel. The Jets have. And it's not that far of a flight. I want to say, well... I don't. I think there is. I assume that they're chartering a flight. I've never been on a chartered or private flight, but it still would be a two, two and a half hour flight. I would imagine from New York around that, depending. Or I guess they're leaving from New Jersey. I've never flown out of New Jersey. I've flown close. Philly. I've been to Philly and Boston, so those are pretty close to that. I'm not good at geography, but it's not that long of a flight. But it still is time that the Panthers haven't had to spend yet because we've been at home the entire time. So. At this point, the Jets and the Panthers probably have the same amount of practices. So, And Quinn and Williams saying that he 
would have gotten 10 sacks. And Robert Sala saying he loves to kick people's ASS. Fine, so be it. Good job, Jets. Good job, good job. You beat us. A seven-win team who had the first overall pick. Well, technically, the ninth overall pick. We were in the top ten of the draft. Who's had a dysfunctional organization for the past three years. Uh, We're starting from behind because Matt Rule dug us in a hole. We gave up three draft picks for Sam Darnold. We gave up a draft pick for Teddy Bridgewater. We gave up money for Baker Mayfield. We've had more starting quarterbacks in the past five years probably than anyone in the league. So, yes, congrats. You beat us. A team who has sucked, to be quite honest with you. And any Panthers fan who says otherwise is delusional. That's like, as I've said before, congratulations. You are the principal of a homeschool. You are the head of the class. You're the valedictorian. Congratulations. You did it. Was I PO'd about how the Panthers looked? I was. But let's be realistic. The Panthers were not a great team last year. They were okay. The Panthers were not a great team the year before that. They were bad. And before that, bad. Before that, bad. We've been bad for a while. We have built not a lot. We have some young talent. We have some pieces. We have some good pieces in place. We have some young pieces at great positions. Brian Burns, Derek Brown, J.C. Horn, possibly. Jeremy Chin, hopefully. Bryce Young, hopefully. Jonathan Mingo, fingers crossed. But at the end of the day, we've not been a good team, and we have not proven ourselves to be worthy of the national spotlight at this point, which is why we only have two games in the national spotlight, one on Monday Night Football and one that everyone gets on Thursday Night Football. So I don't I don't know. If, if you're excited about this, Jets fans, then... I I have I understand why y'all haven't won a Super Bowl yet. And I'm not counting the one from 1964 or whatever it was in Super Bowl 3 when there was probably 10 teams in the NFL and the pass wasn't even legalized. So, y'all can claim that one if you want to. Congratulations, but it was 50 plus years ago. Most Jets fans probably weren't even alive when that happened. Y'all are just as bad as the Cowboys with less success. So take a seat. Take several seats, honestly. I hope they're comfortable because you're going to be there a while. Because I do not, I'm not a believer in the, you know what? I'm sort of a believer in the Jets. This is the emotions talking. The Jets are a good team. So the Panthers should not be worried. And this is the last time I'm going to address this preseason game because we're moving on to the Giants tomorrow, y'all. The Panthers are probably flying out tomorrow. Game time, 7 p.m. on Friday. Let's get it. But one final word to the Jets. Good luck. You're going to need it. You have, you just got Dalvin Cook. Congrats. But how many times have we seen this story of the team who's got everyone? They've got a veteran quarterback. They've got a great running back. They've got a wide receiver who's very good. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of that Vikings team that uh, Brett Favre was on that lost to the Saints because he threw it back against his body when they were in field goal range. This Jets team reminds me of that Vikings team. I don't know. I'll have to go back and look and see exactly who was on that team, but I'm just getting those vibes from it. 
So I hope y'all don't end up the way that they did. But also winning a Super Bowl is very hard in the NFL. So I'll give you that much. But it has been 60 years since you won one. So suck it. But in other news, James Campen was interviewed. He came out. Obviously, a lot of the personnel or a lot of the front office staff personnel, that is the right word, were not happy with the offensive line. Every picture we saw was someone watching the offensive line. You had Thomas Brown taking a look, James Campen. You had Scott Fitterer watching them. I wouldn't have been surprised if he would have not even let Michael Jordan walk off the field or Cam Irving. At this point, they might keep Cam Irving just for the locker room side of it. And they will not keep Michael Jordan under any circumstances, but cuts don't have to be made until August 29th. You wouldn't want to give another team an advantage of cutting a guy early and then they're able to pick him up and work him out, I assume. So at this point, probably won't see cuts until August 29th would be my guess. We'll see, though. If cuts were going to be made in the past, they would have been made today. And so you might see some people who are just riding the same schedule as before just to keep it consistent. But main point being, they're not happy with the offensive line either. I know the fans, a lot of fans have mentioned it's just preseason, chill out. It's not a big deal. When that question was asked to James Campen, he specifically said that that is not true of the, it doesn't matter, you should just chill out, it's just preseason. He specifically said that's not true. So if you're not a little bit perturbed, then you need to be, because our own offensive line coach said that you should be. And I trust him over you. I trust him over me. I trust him over pretty much any fan that we have, because he is an expert. He's played the game, he's coached the game for a long time. And I know this is a new concept to Panthers fans because we're so used to our coaches not knowing what the heck they're doing and coming out flat as a Diet Coke in the middle of the hot sun on a summer day in the third quarter. But that is not going to be the case this year. Our coaches know what they're doing. And it is a new system. We are doing things totally differently than in the past. But as I said before, the things that were being missed were fundamentals were things that it's not a scheme. It's just man-on-man. And he mentioned specifically that the fundamentals were terrible. That's what he said. Those are not my words. Those are his. Paraphrased. I don't think he said terrible, but he basically said they were lacking fundamentals. And he said, everyone is fine, but they're lacking fundamentals. And they tried to ask him what happened in the meeting. They rephrased the question, asked him again. He said, nice rephrase, no. So at this point... We'll never know what was said in that meeting, but I could imagine it was probably somewhere between angry drill instructor and disappointed mom where you come home with a B plus and you say everyone got the same grade and then your mom says, I don't care what everyone else's grade was. And then she whoops you, uh, not speaking from experience, but all that to say, James Campen is mad. You should be mad too. It's okay. We don't have to pretend like everything is fine. Being There's a fine line. There's Basically, there's two sides to every fan base. And this is every fan base. There's one side of the fan base that says, everything is going to crap. We are not going to win a game. Nothing is improved. Sell the team. Whatever. And then there's the other side of, you have to trust the coaches, trust the process. They know what they're doing. This is They know more than you. You should not doubt any of their decisions at this point. They're experts. 
So what I'm telling you is, as always, land in the middle. There are some decisions. You can question decisions. We pay good money for this. We are investors. If you're investing in a company, you should question those decisions. You should go to shareholder meetings. You should try to vote out bad representatives of your company. Just like with Panthers fandom, if there is something you don't like, you should make your voice heard. If you want the coach to be fired for valid reasons because the product on the field is not good, you should make yourself heard. But base it on objective facts and non-performance. Don't base it on personal things or attacking a coach or telling them where they live, telling them you know where they live. That's just in bad taste. And people say, like, it's just a game. I mean, technically, yes, it started out as a game, but it has become something much more. Foursquare, that's a game. You don't get paid to play Foursquare. Unless, I guess, maybe there is a pro, I'm sure there's a pro Foursquare league somewhere. But football is a business, period. Firstly and foremost, football is a business. This is what a lot of people forget. Every guy on that field is getting paid at league minimum, I think, is $900,000 now. So every guy on that field, and of course, who's the taxes guy on this podcast? There's always someone who's, well, the lottery is a billion dollars, but in ta- after taxes, it'll only be $600 million. I would pick a crisp $5 bill up off the street. There is no amount of money that is too little for me to stop, take my time, and try to get. If, if I see a dollar bill on that street, if it's not covered in gross, you bet your you bet your bottom that I'm gonna pick up that dollar. So don't give me this nine. It's only nine hundred thousand. And this whole thing with Michael Orr too. I'm waiting for all the facts to come out before I make my voice heard on what I think. And also, it doesn't really pertain to me. I think Michael Orr played for the Panthers for like two seconds. So um, if that much, he might not have at all. I might be making this up. Sometimes I just remember guys who never played for us. But um. All that to say, I think that at the end of the day, that is good money. And if you know how to spend it, you're going to be set for the rest of your life. As long as you're not trying to flex and get three Rolls Royce to drive on three different days of the week, you will you will be okay. And that's why you have to have expectations for these guys. And we are investors. I used to make fun of people who would say we, but we are paying money. We are taking our time. Some of us taking time away from our families, and that's okay. It's, I'm not making it dramatic or anything. I'm just saying there are better things to do sometimes than sit on the couch and watch a team lose by 21 points. And during the Matt Rule era, it got to the point where I wouldn't watch the games, and I haven't gotten to that point in a while. But some, watching us just get destroyed against the 49ers, not, not really on my Sunday to-do list. And now we're back, and we have hope. And it's okay to have hope, and it's okay to have expectations, but you have to hold this front office and these players accountable for what they're being paid to do. If you or I were as bad at our jobs as some of these guys have been at theirs, we would no longer have a job. That's just a matter of fact. And we get paid a whole lot less than they do to lose our jobs. And the NFL has made more and more money every single year, and it got probably more rich after covid once people came back. I mean, once they started basically auctioning off their games to the highest bidder network and all these streaming services and cord cutting and then cord replacing, all these different packages, selling Thursday night football to Amazon, selling Monday night football to ESPN. I 
you know, they're going to make the money that they're going to make. That's fine. I get it. But I'm allowed to be mad about things and disagree with things. And I'm a paying customer. So I deserve to be treated as such. I will be a little bit of a Karen, like a 10% of a Karen. Everyone needs 10% Karen in them. You have to stand up at some point. I'm not saying for everything. You don't have to die on every hill because then you'll just be dead. But die on the correct hills. And this offensive line is a hill to die on. But as I said before, I trust what I have seen from them time after time after time last year. Over one game, one preseason game this year. So I think that they will be okay. And this is the last time that I'm going to address this on this podcast. This is the last time that I'm going to address the Jets or that preseason game. From here on out, we are moving forward to the Giants. Look ahead. It's going to be a great game. I'll do a preview tomorrow. Uh, But for now, just to wrap this one up, there was another breakdown by Kurt Warner about Bryce Young's game. He had a little bit different things to say than, I think it was QB School who broke it down. So take a look at that. Check it out if it's something that you're interested in. Also of note, All the rookie quarterbacks are going to be starting at this point. Anthony Richardson was named a starter, which is the one that most people were like, I don't think he will. I don't know if I agree with that. We'll see how it works out. Um, I think that most people kind of understood that Gardner Minshew has kind of hit his ceiling, but I don't think it's so much for Gardner Minshew as it would be for Anthony Richardson. And Anthony Richardson hasn't planned to play against real competition in a while, and he's just been in his strength, which is looking good in shorts and a t-shirt. So we'll see how that goes. I'm pretty low on Anthony Richardson to be 100% honest with you and stop the Cam Newton comparisons right now. But, um, and then um, CJ Stroud, obviously going to start and Bryce Young already named the starter. So yeah, it's been a fun ride so far. So I'm glad that I've been able to follow it along since draft night. So thank y'all so much for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day. I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.